1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just
2: go to their website at Current.Tech.
0: Hey
3: gang, Kevin Goatee, my fine feathered finks. How are you today? Episode 28 is here with Chris Maynard taking down Forrest Gump. Before we get to it, don't forget, guttingthesacredcow.com. Check it out. Head on over. You can get some merch there. Shirt, hat mug, even a hoodie, it's freezing today, it's May for the love of Christ, explain that to me, but guttingthesacredcow.com, don't forget to check that out, as well as our social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if you're looking to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com, and without further ado, here's Chris Maynard taking down the baby boomer favorite, Forrest Gump. Gather round. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to meet the Kevin's on gutting the sacred cow tonight. Dun, 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 dun. Hey everyone, gutting the sacred cow episode. This is your job, Kevin Israel. 27. twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Thank you very much. Is it twenty-seven? Now I got. Now I gotta look. Like in rounders. No, we're twenty-eight now. Twenty-seven just dropped as you oh, hear this.
1: Perfect.
3: As you hear this, as a week ago. Seth Everett skewered the joke, Joker, episode 27. This is episode 28. I'm Kevin Goate, joined by my loyal compatriot, Kevin Israel. How the hell are you, sir? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, almost a super flamboyant Dwayne from What's Happening. I love it. Beard and hair is just getting thicker. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> Our guest today is none other than Christopher Maynard joining us. Chris, how are you, sir? What's going on
0: with you? Where are you? Tell us about your podcast. And welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe, first of all, that you didn't have Clerks as number 27. That just seems like somebody would have to jump on that. But
3: 37 was the number for Clerks. Oh,
0: it, it's, oh it's 30. God 30.
3: damn it. You're right. Rewatch that, and that also is in my top 20. Don't oh, suck any
1: dicks on the way back to the car.
3: Hey, you, you, get go.
0: back here. <laughs> Love that film. Um, my podcast called Following Films, it just interview filmmakers, directors, writers, actors, Um, you can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast Just search for following films. You'll find it there. You can also find an episode with, uh, Kevin was on an earlier episode, so please give it a listen. Cool.
3: Well, Chris has decided to come on and his sale. I dare say this is one of the country's most beloved films. It's about
1: the country. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's It's a movie based around the history of our country.
3: And, well, we'll get into that later. But just to give you an idea how well regarded Forrest Gump is a film at hand, Kevin Israel, you know it. You love it. Let's play it. IMDB score, 1 to 10. What did Forrest Gump get? I'm
1: going to say a 91.
3: No, it's 1 to 10. Oh,
1: A 9.1.
3: We do this every week. Uh, (laughs) Close, 8.8. All right. Critics Rotten Tomatoes scores. Speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, Matt actually will be on next week's episode, the creator of Rotten Tomatoes. Matt, At- uh, what Critics score, Forrest Gump 87. 70. Wow, Man, shocked me too. Yeah, you know what?
1: Some of the some of the I think Ebert came down real hard on it,
3: very uh, much so. Very much so. Audience score, give me that. Uh, I'm gonna say 90. 95. Wow. Damn. This is- I
1: love it when the critics and the audience disagree so much.
3: I love it when the critics and audiences agree like they agreed on Bill and Ted Bogus Journey 2, which was (laughs) both rotten, as I had stated on our discussions today. A horrible film. That's a uh, pre-show joke. Don't think Kevin holds a grudge, by the way. He lets them go real quick. I saw that in the theater in 1990, and I hated it then. And now in 2020, I hate
0: it just as much. I'm starting to think that if Kevin hates it, that might be the hallmark of quality for me. So it might be as far as the way our tastes are aligned. With.
1: I have a boner over this episode. I can't wait to just watch Kevin slowly turn redder and redder. I know.
0: <laughs> quotes!
3: Kevin Israel, why don't you lead off with the quotes? What do you have? I'm sure we're going to have the same ones, but fire away. I mean, it's, you know, there's so many good quotes. Good? Uh, good.
1: Obviously, obviously, the two, I think, biggest are stupid is as a stupid does. Yep and life is like a box of chocolates.
3: Right, I, that's, um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna write all of them down as you alluded to this. This is one of the most annoyingly quoted films I would say. I just don't find people who are that smart who quote this on a consistent level. But on the, one I, the one I like the best is when
1: she's, <laughs> when Forrest's mom just gets done banging, <laughs> banging the doctor. Yes. He walks out and he looks at Forrest and goes, well, we sure did straighten you out. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. The but doc, the doctor who banged his mom wa- is walking out after he's dying after yeah. his mom's dying, and he looks at him and goes, oh, "We sure did straighten you out, didn't we?"
3: Yeah, and, and I, I, was I like, oh, Jesus, I, I did laugh. And he goes, "What's the matter, boy? Don't you say they?" Yeah, that's But just having
1: the guy who banged your mom be like, "Well, you ended up all right." <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks for using my mom's a cum receptacle yeah. cocksucker. <laughs> Chris, what quotes do you have? Anything jumped out at you, quote-wise?
0: Uh, quote-wise, uh, I'll go ahead and say right in the beginning, the one that stands out to me w- when I was in the theater and I realized this was a big piece of shit was when we <laughs> find out that Forrest Gump is named after uh, one of the founders of the Ku Klux Klan. And the reason that his lovely mother named him Forrest was because to remind him that sometimes people do things that just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a fortune cookie, I think, right? Okay.
3: Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Music. <laughs> this is always my favorite. Let's give you... Uh, I'll give you... No, I'm at going to let you guess. Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, John Travolta, all up for the role of Forrest Gump. Who wow. turned down the role of Bubba? You ready for this one? Ice Cube. Why? I bet if you think about it, you can get it.
1: Because he didn't want to be retarded.
3: That was one half of it. The other half was he was shooting Friday. Oh, wow. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy
1: because, you know, he, like he wrote Friday. Yeah. And then he had the opportunity to be in, you know, one of the biggest movies of the time.
3: Who else turned down the role? David Allen Greer and Dave Chappelle. And Chappelle said, I thought it was going to be a bomb.
1: <laughs> I could not in a million years picture him being Bubba Gump.
3: I I'd love to see Dave Chappelle with those extended lips smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that would be like a, a pelican smoking a cigarette, which would crack me up. Who turned down the role of Jenny? I'll let you give a, a couple guesses at each, a couple hints, two huge. 90s, uh, all-time stars, but especially the 90s, two huge stars. Um,
1: I'm gonna say Julia Roberts. No, no, no. Oh, that was I was I was sure it was gonna be Julia Roberts.
3: Okay, um, No, one more guess each. Um, A-listers. I don't know. I can't picture. I don't know. D- Demi so Moore. No, I do not. Demi Moore. And oh, Nicole- what about Sandra Bullock? No, Nicole Kidman.
1: Uh, I couldn't... And- Nicole Kidman's uh, I, well, I guess I could see well, that.
0: They look I similar.
1: Could, yeah. Again,
0: though, if I hadn't seen this film, I would never have thought that Robin Wright would have been good in this film, and she is very good in the film. She is.
3: <laughs> Tom Hanks did not take a salary, but took a cut of the profits. What was that cut... <laughs> Turning out, what did I cut? Cut turn out to how much? Oh, money wise, yeah. I, I
1: think wasn't it like one percent?
3: Then you get like one. I don't. I don't. I don't have the percent. I have the dollar amount. Uh,
1: oh, it had to be in in dollars back then.
3: Yeah, ninety-four I had to be seventy million. So three websites I visited. Two of them had forty million, one of them had seventy million. Wow. So wow, I was right wow. on. That's a <laughs>
1: Could you
3: imagine just getting a check for $70 million? (laughs) No. We we would not be doing this podcast because I'd be on a a private Epstein Island without raping teenage girls. I'd be doing
1: this podcast just from a jet.
3: (laughs) As we'd be banging the flight attendants. (laughs) Married? Are you kidding (laughs) me? That Iron
1: Man in the beginning.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Number three, in the sequel of the book – by the way, I did not know this was a book. In the book sequel, yeah. it is told that Jenny did not die from AIDS like everybody thinks, but she died of hep C.
1: That's, that's less interesting.
0: Much less interesting. <laughs> what makes her have to be <laughs> but, much but more vulnerable. But it's accurate to the timeline of the film because it doesn't make sense that she would have had AIDS when she got AIDS. Well, she died – was at 81? Yeah,
3: 81. Yeah, that's pre-AIDS. Yeah. I
0: mean it's like that's right when the outbreak started in but it was mostly that's when it was still called gay cancer at that point. It really hadn't spread out into the
3: Best I, punk rock band I've ever I'm heard still of Kevin Gotti's nickname in high school. Stop it, I beat you to it. <laughs> Great. Gay a <it's> gay cancer. <laughs> we call Eagle fans. In 2011, the Library of Congress selected Forrest Gump for preservation in the United States National Film Registry for being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And this is on a brick. And the brick that lays above Forrest Gump is Kevin Spacey. No way. Way. Which is even funnier, Chris, because after your episode, we're doing the usual suspects. So how's that for tonight? That's amazing.
0: I don't think anybody's going to really be standing up to defend Spacey at this point in time. That'll be kind of a lay down.
3: Wait till we get to the Amazon reviews. (laughs) Then you'll learn otherwise. (laughs) Hanks signed on to the role after an hour and a half of reading the script, but only agreed to do it if it would be historically accurate.
0: Well, it's a good thing that panned
3: out. Well, and now... I think it did pan out because the budget in 1994 55 million translating to 95.7 million today into a whopping 678.2 million in 1994 equaling 1.18 billion Ooh, a yeah. burp, billion that's Avengers money as Kevin Israel and I like to say So yeah I think it did pan out Chris
0: how about them apples well, as far as it remaining uh, historically accurate, uh, I don't think that really worked out for Mr. Hanks for his one <laughs> contingency uh, that, that he was. He
3: was able to drain the blood of runaway kids who did not have COVID-19 and keep him and Rita Wilson alive because of Forrest <laughs> Gump. I will say this. I, Here's I speculation. Knew
1: off, I knew it was based off of a book. Um, in doing a little bit of research, I didn't realize the book was, was pretty different than the movie. I'm now kind of interested in reading the book. I'm uh, not <laughs> really. I, I, the stuff that they said is different. Sounds he was an astronaut apparently yeah, in the book. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, and he was much more of a savant. I wonder. I, I kind of interested in that. Um, so that'll be the second book I have to read off this uh, off this stupid podcast. I was Instead of being the
0: Americana, it's actually satirical. So it's a if that's. If you want a real comedy, the book is much better than what we got here.
3: Fun bonus fun fact. Tom Hank, the writer, wrote a sequel after Forrest Gump was made. Tom Hank said, I don't do sequels. <laughs> the writer probably wrote that went, hey, I can make another kajillion dollars. Hank says, I don't make sequels. Fast forward to The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons and The Inferno, which flat out was an absolute whale abortion. Did you see that last one? Even Da Vinci. You know what, I didn't see the third one. Oh, it was awful. The I read, Vin- I read the books were very, the books were very good. Excellent. The books were amazing. I and I rewatched Da Vinci Code two weeks ago. Awful. I liked Angels and Demons. I really did. And Inferno was just oh, you know what? I also didn't buy Tom Hanks as that Langdon? Character.
1: Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't see it. As a with a with a kind of a mullet in training, yeah, his hair looked weird. It looked like a it looked like a Donald Trump wig he was wearing. Like it was all bad.
3: He looked like a Wiccan, yeah, <laughs> or a warlock. I should probably say. More importantly, this is not our time to kibitz, as the Italians say. It's time for Christopher Maynard's time to gut the sacred, sacred cow.
0: cow! <laughs> okay, so I guess. I formulated my article or my uh, argument rather into three parts. Um, One being the racism that's inherent to the film. Uh, The second being the sexism in the film and the third, that it's just really a dangerous right-wing propaganda film um, that simplifies a very important part of our history and misinforms people. Um, So just with the racist part in the beginning, when we were talking about it, the way that Forrest Gump gets his name is completely um, dismissed as something that's just silly and played for laughs. Look at that. He's named after a clan member. Isn't that goofy? Um, the part, the Zemeckis tradition of giving credit to white people for things that black people did uh, that were culturally significant. Um, and Back to the Future, he's doing that with the duck walk from Chuck Berry. And this, he's doing Elvis, who clearly was inspired by black artists, uh, rhythm and blues artists before him. No, he actually learned it from this simple kid in Alabama. Uh, Another that scene, the scene of him
1: dancing with his, that always kind of did bother me. I thought that was ridiculous.
0: It's the, the the dancing itself isn't what bothers me. It's the underlying thing of taking these events and that were significant and culturally important. Um, I know it's silly and dismissive, but when you see it consistently with a filmmaker, it just kind of, either they're woefully unaware of what they're doing or there's something there to it um the other part is this all takes place in in kind of in the middle of Jim Crow Alabama and so this is you know we have one scene where I what is it Forrest Gump picks up the book for a girl that's having her first day of school and the George Wallace is assassinated and so the way that they deal with that assassination through the eyes of the protagonists that we're following is they simply say, somebody thought that guy shouldn't be president Kennedy, who was also assassinated and his brother. Um, when they discuss that in the film, it's, Oh, look, somebody, you know, shot that nice man. That's it. There's no commentary on it in that way. Um, and Wouldn't so- it be hard for, but, but
1: it was all from his point of view. And he was supposed to have an IQ of 75.
0: But the thing is, we're, when we're given an insight and we see his point of view, um, we see the world around him, we, we see, yeah, we're given his point of view, but the film itself, it doesn't show the harshness of that world around it. It makes it very beautiful and lush. And it feels like something that you're looking from, um, you know, you're, you're looking at something from a copy of a newspaper in the 1920s, where that's just this um, Americana imagery where it's supposed to be very, it's intoxicating i guess in a way and so and this is something that didn't exist at that time this was a very harsh world at that time it was incredibly difficult the counterculture movement that existed at that time um because we're about 25 years out from that from the you know late 60s this being 1994 so you had all these boomers that were in charge of hollywood first coming up and getting to make their films and a lot of them when they dealt with the 60s were from the point of the counterculture and showing that this was something that was important. Um, this was something that was anti-establishment, and these are the things that we're standing up against. This is the film that comes out at the exact same time that has an idiot at the center of it, and the moral of the film is follow orders, do exactly as you're told. You'll, the, in the military, you'll be a success. You'll live, you'll get out. You'll simply do what you're told when you're given a ping pong paddle and you'll become an Olympian. Um, do what you're told and you'll get the girl of your dreams eventually. All, all these things that like, it's that kind of messaging behind the film is something that I really hate and I'm really uncomfortable with that you just take this idea that if you don't ask questions, you will be okay. Which is the antith- antithesis of what we should have learned from that time period. Um, With the sexism, we were talking about this before in the film, the Sally Field character, when we're introduced to the mom, she basically manipulates men through sex to get what she wants for her family. It's how she, the only way, the only currency that she has. Um, Jenny is treated no better in that way. Um, She also manipulates men and uses them and just uses sex as currency. And so these are the only two women that are at the center of this film, and neither one of them have a voice. And even through Forrest's eyes, we don't see them in, with any dignity at all. Um, his mom, the part you're talking about that's played for laps when he imitates his mom having sex, his mom is banging the principal in such close proximity that he can imitate the noise that he was making. Just so, but just to play devil's advocate, that, maybe, they're,
3: maybe they're not – redeeming women maybe they are garbage people remember this is rural alabama not saying everyone from rural alabama is a piece of shit but we can sometimes play the statistics and the odds maybe they were garbage people and maybe that's just the way it is and this is not an indictment on women you know the whole sexist approach maybe that these are just two pieces of shit
0: he chose to focus on well perhaps but when you have the only center of those of this character's world and these two women and the changes that you make to those women from the book, from the source material had, he was making a decision. Jenny lives in the end of the book. She dies in Gump and co from my understanding. Um, So she lives in the book. It doesn't die of AIDS at the end of it. Um, And so that's the indictment of the counterculture. It's if you, if you have sex freely, if you do drugs, you're going to die. If you do what you're told, stay in line, join the establishment, you'll succeed. And that's all there is to it. It, It's your, your, Looking
1: at the women goes, in the, in the setting of this, this, the mid to late 60s, the mid 60s, when this movie took place, if you had these two strong women and his mother was like, well, you know what, Forrest? I'm going to go get a job, and I'm going to earn your money. I would have been like, well, not in the 60s. You wouldn't have. Like, I saw it as through the lens of that time period that the woman was going to
0: do anything she had to do to take care of her kid. Could she have possibly sold the mansion that they were living in and gotten an apartment? I think she could probably could have paid a couple months' rent.
3: Look, she's not Warren Buffett with real estate mogul dreams and aspirations. All right, I, did, well, she already said that was just willed down, you know, from from her parents and all that stuff and grandparents. Yes, she, she had it. She could have sold it. Well, she could have sold it, but I, I, again, I, I, I don't want to running down the dirt road. Yeah, I don't want to indict this film from now. It's if, if it was indicative of the times, then you can't knock it for that. Like. We and we did before in this podcast. John Fugel sang "Did Gone with the Wind." Yeah, it's racist as shit. But then again, so is 1860s Alabama. I'm oh, sorry, Atlanta. So I'm not gonna knock it for that. That's
0: but the thing is though, there were plenty of women that weren't that. Not every woman in the 1960s was using sex as currency. Um, you have no Holy other film shit. in what is it's an ensemble piece. There's literally hundreds of characters that are given names at the end of the credits but the only women that we focus on are treated in this ill light and so and if that it, that's fine the the other part that i wanted just to talk about is the uh right-wing propaganda piece of this we're introduced to characters throughout here that are a part of again the counterculture uh abby hoffman you guys are familiar with who he, he was mm-hmm. um steal this book the free store all, all these things that he was a very important character but they reduce him down to a guy in a flag shirt that liked to say fuck a lot. And when he said fuck, people cheered for him. So you're essentially taking that entire group of people and saying they just like people that are vulgar and they will yell when they hear vulgarity. Now, I will put myself into that care and I will characterize myself that way. I like vulgarity. When people swear, I smile. I enjoy that. But to say that's all the counterculture was about at that time, it's not a fair assessment of it. And in that scene, it ends with this really beautiful moment where Forrest and Jenny, they run into the reflecting pool and they embrace. But then we undercut that by when we actually see the militants and the boyfriend. So the counterculture, either militants that are angry or we have this woman beater are the only people that we see on the counterculture side of things there. It's just, they're all treated with such disrespect and such naivety that I hate this film. It's something that just truly bothers me. I didn't
3: get that vibe at all. I really didn't. I thought it was. Yeah. Nice.
0: I, I thought it was, I, it was way more. I thought it was way more left-leaning.
3: <laughs> we are. We hate the Cowboys and Eagles and everybody else. Can just you know play nicely with and Patriots. No, I didn't get that. I thought it was more left-leaning. I thought it was more like, hey, this is a showing a guy from the deep south and how he's accepting of black people, accepting you know. Picking up the book of the Black Girl, having his best friend in the army, you know, get killed, and then give half his fortune away to, as well as be hang out with the Black Panthers and not understand racism and not even uh, try and and defend his grandfather. Again, he's not really in tune with the KKK. Did, but I really think it's more showing. Hey, this is a tolerant guy in a in a in a turbulent shitty time. I don't. I did not get that right wing. Uh, Lens at all, Kevin? Did you?
1: No, I. Um, it's funny that scene at the uh, at the reflecting pool. Um, I always thought it was a very powerful scene uh, because it was this. He calls up this soldier who just got back. He doesn't know Forrest is who Forrest is. He calls up this soldier to say something, and it, he doesn't know this guy could be a pro gun nut, pro army, you know, wacko. Who, and he calls him up. And Forrest starts to say something, whatever he says, which we'll obviously never know. We and do know if, if you, you
3: can Google and find it. He does say that. But something like you might go to Vietnam and get your leg or something blown off. But he, he does. it's a, it's a Forrest-ism. You, you can look right. up. He say obviously that. says something moving right. and important
1: to, you know, to the, to the folks on stage who can hear him. And to me, it was like a moment like because and again, I guess I always watch this movie like it was looking through it, Forrest's eyes. And like you said, that, the, the, you know, that everything looks so lush and so beautiful. That's because Forrest was so simple. And he, looked, he took everything as black or white. It was, it was A or B to him. And so he, he went for the best in everybody and, and just didn't see all the other background noise that was going on. Uh, so that moment to him, somebody just asked him a question. He said what it was like without any political stance. It moved them. It moved this guy to say, wow, man, that was, that was really powerful. And that was it. That was it to me. To me, it was just—it was just like a cool scene. I see where you're coming from, but I—I I, I never got that on my it's, own.
0: It's the yeah. idea of literally what he says. How Forrest introduces this introduces this character. Um, he introduces Abby Hoffman. If you don't know who he is, if you hadn't heard of him, the film does goes through no effort to explain the significance of this person, um, and that's fine because Forrest doesn't know who he is. It, but the film also does. Dismiss who he was. And it dismisses pretty much every person that comes into contact with Forrest because he wouldn't understand who they are. That's fine. But you can show something through his eyes with, at the same time, showing the impact that these people are having on the world around them. Um, And when you show all the people around them to be idiots as well, it, it doesn't really bode well for me because the only way that you can see the world as beautiful as something that's lush uh, is through the eyes of an idiot. And that's a really bad idea as well. It's if you are simple and it's this idea that there's this, like it's like a magical idiot. Um, These people that are so enlightened because they don't have the burden of intelligence. I
3: never got that at all.
0: I just thought it was a story of a, of
3: a guy who's simple minded and, Just went along. I wasn't looking for historical accuracy on this one,
0: unlike Tom Hanks. Isn't this like how the best propaganda works though? Is that it's something that's pretty to look at, it goes down smooth, and the underlying message is something that you don't even necessarily pick up on. That you can watch it and you can you can watch a film that, you know, seems like it's if if you go back and I mean this is an extreme example, but if you go back to the films of D. W. Griffin and you look at that stuff at the time it was very well respected because it was well-made and the underlying messaging of it was like, well, th- there's a powerful story here. And that was a very dangerous film. Mm-hmm. Th- those films that he made were horrible. And I, I think if, I I was this, it was this category, but
3: yeah, I was, th- this is not a film people are saying, Hey, I'm going to learn something like the biopic films, like the JFKs or the Malcolm X's or whatever famous fill in the blank, you know, person, Lincoln's stories. This is, this is just a story of
0: a dude and just going through and that's really uh, my three areas. It's just that it comes across as it paints this really wide brush of the area of that time period and does a big disservice to it. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people that are my age, I'm 43. um, They will look back at that time period through this lens And the things that they know about that time, because most kids, when they weren't cracking open history books, they don't look through these things. They don't understand a lot of what this film is kind of just making light of. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when you make light of trauma and things like that, like it does with um, hearing his mom bang people like a few feet from him, that's not necessarily something that is, I don't know, it doesn't work for me. I just... You know what, to me, the... What, what you're
1: couching is making light of to me is a wink and a nod to an audience that they were expecting to be aware of most of the situations they were, they were telling about like the whole, like the Elvis Presley thing as ridiculous as it was. And they were saying like, you know how this actually happened, but this is why we're telling you for the story yeah. for you to just be like, that's ridiculous and just kind of move on. And for him, for him to be in Watergate in the hotel and that he's the one that called and ended wait, up
0: wait. What, wasn't that also a black guy who called that in?
1: I think it was a janitor. Yeah, I think it
0: was. Oh, you're
3: assuming that. he's a black guy because he's a janitor. Oh, I see your angle. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just going back to books that I've read. i was <laughs> just kidding. Um,
1: but I, 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 I always felt that a lot of it was just, you know how this all really happened, and you know the significance of this all, like the JFK assassination. When he just broke it down to, and they, you know, that nice man got shot. And, and, and while simplifying at the same time, that's how so many people, like he was a nice guy, Like people liked him because he was a nice, he seemed like a nice guy
0: and he got killed. You, you create an equivalency between George Wallace and JFK. And that's where it's dangerous. Yeah, not the great. same. They, they should not be treated in the same way. He views that the world through that lens and that's fine. But as a filmmaker, to draw an equivalency there, that does not do, like, this was a guy that was pro-segregation. Um, he, if he had his way, the states would still be separated. We wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be able to have a Mexican wife. It would just be, you know, my kids wouldn't. Exist. You do? Get her! Get her! No, i just kidding. In in Arizona where I live, it's, it could be, it's getting a little bit dodgy out here. Oof. So let me ask you this then, if it wasn't, if if you
3: felt they did more of a service to the actual historical elements of the film, would you have liked it more?
0: I don't know. Um, The the thing is if they would have just taken this story and removed and removed all that part of it, you could have set this in a different time and not tried to present it as if it had something to say about this. Um, And it would be, yeah, it would probably be fine. It's, it's the real problem that I have is when you intentionally put it in this backdrop, it's making a statement about it. Even sometimes when you don't say something, you're saying something just by choosing to not have an opinion about it. That can be just as powerful. You really didn't like that. It was him that came up with the shit happened. Slogan wasn't (laughs) 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 that. If that's what it would have been like, and there was one thing in Gump and co where he's the guy that actually created the formula for new Coke. That kind of shit, I'm all on board for that. That's great. That's fantastic. Like, do that stuff. But the other things, I, it just makes me uncomfortable. Um, and if it was a poorly made movie, I would be. It would be fine. I would be like, oh, it was just a, they. They tried something. They struck out, and they f- m- fucked up fabulously. The problem with this movie is that it works, and that's what's so uncomfortable to me is that the film is pretty much well acted throughout Gary Sinise, who we haven't really talked about is phenomenal in the movie. Robin Wright's great here. Um, Tom Hanks, despite having an incredibly off-putting accent actually does fine work. in the he film. he didn't want to have that accent. Yeah. He no. had to m- uh, mimic the
1: kid, right. That they, hired well, that, well, he wanted to tone it down and they said, no, 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 no. Cause in the, I guess in the book they reinforce how thick his accent is. So they made him like really lean into that accent that was kind of unidentifiable.
0: It's so True. odd that they, when you look at these things in the rear view mirror and you think about the choices that they made where the accent, even though that could be so off-putting, they insisted on keeping that, but they gave Jenny AIDS and killed her off because she was part of the counterculture. That just seems goofy to me. See, I don't, you know, it's, it's funny. I think they, I think they did that because they were trying to just wrap
1: everything that was nope, going on he, in. Robert Zemeckis so literally, literally said,
0: literally said now kind of patient
1: one. What's
0: that? Robert Zemeck has said that it would be dangerous to have a character like that who didn't have a consequence for her actions. That he's gone. He's said that in interviews. That was his choice to go that direction.
3: Hmm.
0: I learned something. The, 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 well, there you go. My job is done.
3: <laughs> Critics five star reviews. Five star reviews. 5 star reviews it, by critics. Yeah! 50 years from now, Forrest Gump will probably seem hopelessly quaint, cryptic, even ridiculous. Today, however, Gump, the much-talked-about summer fable starring Tom Hanks, is a tonic for an age of cancerous cynicism. <laughs> Hanks is brilliant in evoking Forrest's good-heartedness. He cannot really perceive evil men, and yet he is so untainted by bigotry or ideology that he makes the perfect witness. As played to perfection by a recent winner, Tom Hanks, who is fast proving that he has no acting limits, this film is a social comedy that reaches heights of wit and cleverness. Last one, unashamedly sentimental. This is a technically triumphant tearjerker. Sorry. Do do we agree with any of those thoughts, Kevin Israel? Um, you know, I the first, I saw the movie. I don't think I saw it in the theater. I
1: think I saw it uh, as soon as it came out on VHS uh, in a dorm room somewhere. And I remember at the end of it being like being like, "Wow, I just saw something like I, that was something like impressive and big that we're going to be talking about for a while." Um. I don't know that I was, it was, I was crying, but the the end when she dies and he ends up with the kid and the, the scene, the scene that hits me, hit me the most. And I'm not even a father. So you guys, if you're, I don't, I don't know if you are Chris. Uh, yes, I, am. I have two kids. So you both are when he sees his son and he goes, is he, is he like me? And then Jenny goes, no, he's very smart. Like that's, that scene got like, got, and I was, I, I was at the time, a 19 year old, just looking to get laid. And that, <laughs> that got me, that got that asshole. So, like there were there were definitely moments in it that, that that got me. I don't know if I would I would call it. I I don't know if I would rave
3: about it like they did. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We save our opinions for the end, so that's when I'll bear mine. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. Hehehehehehe. <laughs> The narrative is so programmed. It's like watching software. Forrest Gump is a medley of sound bites, clever, cute, amusing, silly, sentimental, and irritatingly phony. It remains a bad movie that gets worse with age. Tries very hard to be all things to all people, and as a result, fails to be anything at all. Forrest Gump, this is a good one. Forrest Gump is a Schmaltz Zylig. Is that a
0: German car that only shows up in the Bahamas? It's a Zelig. It's a Woody uh, Allen film where he shows up in history through all the different movies.
3: See, I don't like Woody Allen, so that's why that one I missed on that reference. So there you go. A being there engineer from the genetic material of a Hallmark card. I cannot agree more with that. Forrest Gump has the elements of an emotionally gripping story, yet it feels less like a romance than like a black table coffee book. Sorry, than like a coffee table book celebrating the magic of special
0: effects. Marinating thoughts. Yeah, that, I mean, that sums up perfectly. Well done. Good pulls. And now, Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five
3: star review. The booze. It's time for Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. I'm not going to give a book report for you guys and go into details about the plot. Nor, Not only do I personally hate reviews that do that, but in this case, I find it hard to believe that anyone reading this isn't already familiar with the plot. If you haven't seen this movie yet and you're older than 16, then you have no excuse and I really don't know what to say to you. Signed, Mr. Empathetic. <laughs> My ad lib. I've always loved this movie since I was 8 or 9 years old when it first came out, and especially after I heard the younger version of my uncle laughing loudly and exclaiming, son of a a B, while watching it in the living room with my dad with one of the many funny and exhilarating scenes in the movie. And, his, and he, he said that as his voice cracked L-A-M-O. Uh, what else? My question is, what did he yell S-O-B at? Like, S-O-B, look at that retard run. S-O-B. <laughs> Robin Wright's Robin Wright's got a night ass SOB this film is too
0: goddamn long SOB that guy just got his legs blown off yeah. SOB <laughs> did, did gump just come his pants yeah
3: I purchased didn't his
0: pants he came on the road. Got it. Yes,
3: correct. Wow,
0: you were really looking at the details.
3: I purchased this for a friend who also loves this movie, hoping to make them join my Tom Hanks cult. J.K., I wish I had one. I do love Tom Hanks and just can't say no to any movie he makes. Maybe, just maybe, one day he will sign one of my many DVDs he stars in. One can dream, but until then, I will tell everyone, everywhere, to purchase his movies. Signed, Mark David Chapman. (laughs) (laughs) thank you well done thank you one last one in this section life is like a box of chocolates Forrest Gump on the other hand is not you know exactly what you're gonna get with this movie the best film ever made it's in caps that's why I have to scream oh boy you want action you got it a drug addict practically molesting a special needs person yep you even get magic legs movie features cameos from the king JFK and more and more If you want to learn how to make shrimp into over 600 dishes, Bubba can hook you up. You want cliches in a review? You got it. If you want someone who likes Bill and Ted's bogus journey,
0: he can hook you up.
1: Is this guy a a Forrest Gump tour guide? Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately,
0: I don't think sarcasm translates to Amazon reviews that well. It is our absolute favorite time
3: with the Amazon one-star reviews. Best of the best. Amazon 1 star reviews Amazon 1 star reviews Amazon 1 star reviews now Amazon 1 star reviews 1 star reviews 1 star reviews one, review, 1 star 1 star reviews The rating was inappropriate without nudity warning We stopped midway through and did not watch Hmm I'm wondering did a naked woman covered by a guitar kind of make their eye make, make their have like a facial reaction like they opened Yeah I was going to say what
1: nudity is there
3: She's, she's naked, but she, you can see her ass. But she's playing the guitar. She's fully covered. Does like, like a naked woman send them to a tizzy like they open the arc from the Oh, my. <laughs> you, I knew it was coming. <laughs> Next review. I mistakenly thought this product included actual chocolate candy. The box arrived with scratch and sniff chocolates. I would not have purchased this had I known it did not con- contain candy. Now, my question is, Does that mean if I buy the kids in the hall brain candy DVD, does it not come with candy as well? (laughs) Esoteric table for one. (laughs) I only give this movie one star because I can't give it negative five. I saw this film as a poor excuse to make fun of the handicapped. Having a father that's handicapped, I really didn't find much about this film to my liking. First of all, you've got Jenny, who shields force in the beginning, shuns him through most of the picture, then realizing she's got, A, nowhere else to turn, B, that she's dying, and she returns to him. His Bubba, his friend Bubba, is slow just like him. What a crazy idea, question mark. His Lutant instead of lieutenant, luteant Dan, only really becomes his friend after he himself looses, looses his legs. Isn't it great when the dumb people have to shoulder the cross to bear because they have someone they know affected by an affliction? Isn't that the worst? What everyone has to say, I know someone affected by it. So that's why this film is bull. Fuck
0: you is my response. The the, the real problem with that is that I do the loosest thing all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It happens to me if I'm being perfectly honest. That's that's
3: fair. I hate that. I I go on Facebook and I get so annoyed. It's loose or loose or your or yours. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: I, I know the difference, too. I just – things happen when I start typing. Sorry.
3: Does spell check happen, Chris? Well, no, unfortunately. <laughs> you, <know. laughs> you turned it off. Next one. This film constantly pokes fun at people and institutions, black panthers, hippies, drug addicts, the mentally retarded, the army, war, presidency, and so on without staying anywhere long enough to develop any redeeming satirical bite, staying just long enough to get the laugh and move on. I say this person is sitting there with a checklist, and there's no one else I hate more who watches movies than with a fucking checklist. Oh, Chris, we're Mookie friends. you, bingo. Yeah, thank you. You can also email this person at virtue one at AL dot com.
0: <laughs> I was going to say it's it's just the irony that you picked up my review. For that one.
3: <laughs> it was printed here, sir, before you had your. I don't know your. I said I'm. Re- I wrote it down. I'm going to sit down and read it. God damn it, so. What losers take
1: time to write these? Uh, losers. Uh, losers. Losers.
3: <laughs> Do more. I don't know how this piece of trash ever got made. Flush this box of chocolates down the toilet, honey. You don't know where they've been. Signed one of the gay critics from the men on film. Two snaps, a twist, and a kiss.
0: <laughs> Last one. Like candy and men on film. Wow, we're just digging deep now. You yeah, like that one? I that tell you.
3: Esoteric baby. <laughs> The last one is always my favorite one. That's why I save it for last. This movie isn't funny either. Telling the president that you have to go to the bathroom, and this movie won awards? Whatever potential Tom Hanks had with the old sitcom Bosom Buddies or the excellent movie Bachelor Party is gone. So let's you- <laughs> Let's just pause at the hypocrisy of this shall we gentlemen. I'll go first. Go to the bathroom upsets this person. But dressing up in drag and lying to your landlords about it <laughs> is fine. Or sending out a male stripper with this dick in a hot dog bun, a okay. Nick the dick fucking love bachelor party and i support that film it's like well, that 15 minutes
0: i like that you pick out the big cock scene from that but not that they kill the donkey scene. that's exactly what i was gonna say a donkey dies of cocaine in that Kashaw,
3: that's been done in tijuana since 1875 that's hack that's why i didn't go with that kevin has been looking
1: for a reason to bring up the guy with the dropout nick the kid. dick i like how you shouted
3: him out first my friend <laughs> it's a is this a foot long and then some <laughs> should i call you nick or mr the dick <laughs> now i gotta go watch that movie again the groom is in the bedroom kevin israel it's now time for your notes um you know i
1: went into watching this i always had like because I, like i said i saw it in college shortly after it to come out and it it definitely impacted me um and I went and I've watched it piecemeal over the years, little bits and pieces. I think this this has a, for me it has a good remote score because it's got a lot of little scenes that you can watch and then just walk away from without having to watch the whole movie. But sitting down and watching it again, it definitely didn't I didn't think it was as great as I remembered it. Um I I definitely didn't look at it through the eyes uh um okay that Chris was. This is uh to me, it was it was more of a of a of a simple movie about a kind of a simple man who ended up doing great things, but for his you know IQ and uh, and so you know and as I like to do from time to time to quote uh, my colleague Kevin Goatee, it's <laughs> fine. I'll give it I'll give it a fine plus for me. I, I you know I'll I'll never I'll never disparage it. Yeah, you know, when it's on, I might watch parts of it but I don't think I'll ever rush out again to watch the
3: whole thing. Um, But it was fun. All right. Three pages of notes. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Two, actually, two two and change. I take that back. Notes. Uh, First, shocked that no one has put Tom Hanks' pick when he was in the KKK uniform as a meme yet. Uh, That's an untapped resource, folks. What are you waiting on? $7 $7 to rent this on Amazon Prime, by the way. Just to see Hank's awful haircut in UHD. And what is UHD? Is this the double secret probation of pixelation? UHD. Is it HD or is it not? There is no after HD. Bullshit. Forrest is the OG annoying talkative asshole on a train that refuses to acknowledge that you have earphones in.
1: kicking it right? It's no, funny no, that you say that. Because there's a guy in the supermarket that I go to who puts away the carts, and he's special
3: too. We know.
1: Yeah. Well, and whenever we walk by, and he always gets like he always has something to say to start. And and my wife is a very nice person and will always sort of engage. And I'm like, we just gotta just just, we can't all the time. Like we can't. And now I he's far as come. I feel real bad. Anyway, go on.
3: I'm expecting you to yell. Ding! Fries are done. Ding! Fries are done. (laughs) All Forrest had to do was to stop the bullies was read a passage from Darwin's Theory of Evolution. That would have stopped the rock-throwing antics cold. <laughs> That's not what my dad has said! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Jesus, is Otherwise. Dense-ass Forrest couldn't figure early on that Jenny was DTF? Dude! Read a cue! Your mom's a slut. Why couldn't she teach you a few tricks? Oh, all
0: right. He's a white knight. Leave him alone. One it's, of the- so, it's so go, surprising go that my misogyny angle on this didn't work with you, Kevin. I'm shocked now. <laughs> I didn't find that. Yeah, you
1: brought that to the wrong house, my friend.
0: <laughs> oh, I knew that after listening to The Hangover. I, I knew I was... <laughs> you saw the
1: house with the red light out inside it and was like, you know what, I'm going to send Bibles here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest this-doesn't-happen moments in film is when he ran that kickoff back. I counted four Bullshit moments. Not even this tackles four bullshit moments in that kickoff return. This is just for nostalgia people with the perfect soundtrack for fans of the '60s and '70s. Bottom line, this is. By the way, that was the most well-behaved I've seen Army men at a strip club ever. Because whenever, <laughs> whenever they're around, it's like the West Indian parade on steroids when they're at a strip club. And You know what? A real strip club, the manager
1: would have gotten on stage and been like, get the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. like, this, is a, this isn't what you're doing. That act would have never gotten approved. You're either sticking a boa constrictor in your ass or you're getting off stage.
3: This is what we're here for. Forrest is like most broken women chasing broken dudes who beat them. The same for Forrest chasing a broken woman. Jenny would have had her legs blown off faster than Lieutenant Dan if she would have ran across the national pool in D.C. if that was for real. Uh, Jenny can't keep that whorish mouth shut, and she keeps getting forced in fights. God damn it! She always, she always gets him in fights. That, that annoyed me always. Guys got to jump we in and save his ass. We oh. all know that person. I hate, I hate Jennies for so many reasons. But it, that, that's what all women need—is to be saved by a man, right? Got if Jenny, if Jenny were alive today, she'd be Courtney Love. <laughs> Jesus. And. Another missed opportunity. We all could have benefited by watching Gary Sinise fuck hookers while in a wheelchair. Let's be honest. <laughs> the, the CGI is very off. I understand it's 1994, but watching it in 2020, you're like, whoa. It's like watching a, a kung fu movie from 1971. I wish more people jumped off the boats like Forrest Gump did, especially in those cruise ships. Bothersome people. I oh, I- by the way,
1: I meant to tell you, I have a friend who listens every episode And she's going to murder you because she went to the University of Alabama. And she's constantly, like, she'll text me. She'll be like, what is his fucking problem with the University of Alabama? And I've been meaning to bring it up for about 15 episodes, and I keep forgetting. So, uh. What is isn't? So, Sam, if you're listening, you can kill Kevin if you
3: want. (laughs) Is natural selection taught him bio 101 not down there? (laughs) That's fine. I've never seen a man in khakis run nearly that much. That was a problem for me. It's completely asyn that someone runs cross country twice. Really? I just ran? I just run? This film insanely drags after Jenny leaves him. Insanely. And by the way, how is Tom Hanks so fat after running cross country twice? He was very fat for someone who ran sixty five hundred plus miles, correct? This film is Avatar, but instead of the technology so that's lovely beloved, it's a character that's so widely beloved. And the, fly, the feather flying at the end, yuck. Give me a break. As someone had said you know, before, there's, a
1: whole, there's a whole corner of the internet dedicated to talking about what that feather uh, symbolizes.
3: I, I, I would love to hear just some of the fan fiction that was, <laughs> that was written about the feather and where it lands after that. And Most, most people believe that the feather symbolizes fate. Yeah. I uh, I give this movie, I hate this movie. Surprise. I uh, <laughs> I hate this movie. I hated it initially. I didn't see it in the theater. My parents got it on VHS and had it at the house. I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't care to. I The reason why initially I hated it is because it lost to two of the greatest films ever made, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption. So I already had an unfair lean to it, fine. But when you watch it, he's a captivating character. I get that. But it drags and drags. And at an hour and 40, when Jenya runs away, I said, wait a minute. I remember seeing, that said 225 on the Amazon. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I just didn't care. It just, it didn't bother me with some of the things the historical aspects you had. I just didn't care. People loved it. I'm going to, again, I'm going to sound like an asshole. I think people who really treasure it don't have much going on upstairs. I don't. It's it's a nice, sweet, saccharine tale, is what it is, and it's a bunch of stuff going through the life of. It's just ah, it's not there for me. Four out of ten. Wow. It's. I get a six and a half. Do you? Would yep. you buy this? No. <laughs> no. 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 Kevin Israel, did Chris Mater gut the sacred cow?
1: I don't know that he completely gutted. He did a he did a good job on it. There's definitely entrails on the floor, um, but I, I you know he, he made some good points. I don't know that um, I don't know that they're are all the flaws with this movie. So um, I'd say that I'd say that he he did a good job on the cow, but I don't think it's completely
3: gut. I say, hmm, this is the scene in Me, Myself, and Irene where do you think they killed the cow? They did it a great job. They, they hit it, boom, you think it's dead. Then Jim Carrey comes over, caps it, still not dead. You did it, you, you, you gave it a great, ah, but you didn't give that final, ah. I thought you had more to the argument but after the, I'm not happy because of the, the social aspects, fine. I thought there was more. So if I had to pick a side, I'd pick no. But a hell of a, a, hell of a the, the first cut is always the deepest, as they say. And, yeah, you
1: definitely, you definitely drag that knife down.
3: Oh, uh, so, yeah, are they going to bleed to death? Probably. I mean, I, I, could turn my back around, and say that person's probably going to die, except the coup de gras was not administered. Chris Maynard, again, where can we find you and your podcast?
0: <clears throat> it's uh, following films. You can either go to followingfilms dot com or look in any podcast app and look for following films.
3: Fantastic, Kevin Israel. Where can we find you besides giving uh, your dog a haircut, but not yourself?
1: <laughs> uh, sitting on my couch, wondering when uh, the comedy industry is going to pick up again. Uh, just go find my album, The Struggle is Real, on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere, and uh, find me on social media. Uh, Kevin Israel on
3: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all those places. What's that? You want to support the podcast? Well, head on over to guttingthesacredcow.com. Our merch shop is open. Yay. For people who never asked for it except us. You can get our you can wear our faces on your sh- on your chest if you would. hoodies, shirts, hats, gloves, shirts, bags, gloves, shirts, hats, hey, orange bottles. I'll have a box of those. Caddyshack. None of you guys, really? All right. <laughs> GuttingthesacredCow.com. you can find us all of our podcast platforms. Yes, we're on YouTube. KevinGotee.com, k-e-v-i-n-g-o-o-t-e-e dot com you can check out all of our past episodes but thanks again for tuning in to Gutting the Sacred Cow tell a friend and yes we are still uh, accepting advertisers gutting the sacred cow at hotmail.com Chris Mader thank you so much for thank joining you, us buddy. today nice and job. taking down Forrest Gump I thought I don't know if you guys figured I did not like this film but I thought I would try and hide my Oh I knew you long. weren't going to like this film <laughs>
0: To be honest, though, I'm glad that you didn't like the film. But the fact that you didn't like the way that I disliked this film makes me (laughs) (laughs) great. That's a moral victory you're going to take home. Yeah, No, I I won twice.
3: It's fantastic. (laughs) Duly noted. Chris, again, thanks for coming by Gutting the Sacred Cow. We will see you guys next week with Matt Atchity doing Usual Suspects. Take care.